Welcome to the Culture Enough Podcast. Many small and medium-sized organizations can't afford a full-time chief diversity officer, so they don't have someone to answer their diversity questions. At Culture Enough, we believe that every organization should have the access and the resources they need to reach their diversity goals. So we've decided to provide you practical solutions that give you the peace of mind you've been looking for. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is JL Chambers. Joshua Grace, checking in. Yeah, checking in here with Culture Enough, with Diversity Consultants for Culture Enough. And uh, today we're allowing Brother Jay, Josh, we're allowing uh, people to sort of come into this conversation. We like to call these moments where as a team we discuss specific topics uh, that we know organizations or even individuals who are passionate about this type of work want us to discuss. And so we're talking about psychological safety around diversity. Mm. Well, you know, it sounds like a really complex topic, like you need to know a lot about it in order to understand it, but really it's, it's, it's not that simple, or it's not that difficult, it ain't that deep as we say, mm-hmm. but it's really like the, to consider another person's experiences, to consider their feelings yeah. uh, as part of the team is really um, a lot of what, how that safety gets put together and a lot of especially historically white centered organizations yeah. already know how, they already have this basic skill for how to do this because it's okay empathy. give it to him josh give it to him it's, it's empathy it's understanding like this person's experience uh their their rate their ability to change at the rate that they can change at mm-hmm. the what what they say how they feel how they can take risks or not yep. usually we're, we're caring about the leaders mm-hmm. on that one and for the historically white center orgs you know it's usually older white people yep. who we have to sort of like um move at their pace and psychological safety is just extending that love, extending that sympathy, especially to people who are outside of the dominant cultural or racial group. Yeah, yeah. And so you just said it so great because I think that's one of the things, Josh, that we have found is that organizations, organizations want to dive into these conversations. They want to talk about race and injustice. We've done a lot of this work, especially for the last month, two months and a half. And our first approach is, is there even psychological safety to have these conversations? Mm. Because uh, yeah. that's important. You know what I mean? These conversations are emotional, cultural uh, experiences, bring up trauma, triggers for all individuals from different ways in life. And if we're not aware of that and it creates sort of a common language and expectations about valuing people in these conversations, it does not end well. And we've seen that when organizations have brought us in. So I want to give them a little history of what is psychological safety. Uh, And so psychological safety uh, basically is the ability that one can take a risk, try new things, share comments, statements uh, in a team environment without feeling like they're being going to be bullied, belittled, or devalued. So it's the ability to say, can I ask a question? Can I say something? Even if I might say something wrong, are you going to allow me to process with you so that I can learn and you can learn too? Uh, And we know that's not uh, a lot of environments have psychological safety. And so I just want us to use that term. Uh, So the importance of it, uh, why it's essential, is that uh, psychological safety brings collaborations to groups. It allows people to hear different feedback opportunities. It basically harnesses innovation when people can try, ask questions, uh, take risks, and they're more likely to be more innovative. It brings more diverse perspectives into the conversation uh, when it comes to employee engagement. Uh, And also, it's just, uh, I would like to say, it allows employees to feel like they're safe at work in order to learn, Mm -hmm. grow, and contribute and uh, perform effectively in a changing world. 
Uh, so mm. I just think it's important. Uh, psychological safety has been around for a long time. And here's one of the things, you know, my background a little bit, Josh, I come from a cultural uh, psychology background. So I study a lot of this. This is pretty new when it comes to corporate America. Uh, yes. Most corporate America, we don't talk about emotions, feelings. Uh, we don't talk about maybe one's own ability to understand things, how you're feeling in the work environment. Uh, but psychological safety has been around for almost 45 years. So in 1965, mm. uh, Sharon and Bernice uh, came to this concept of how does organizations think about psychological safety? So how do you get to a point where an individual cannot freeze up uh, when they're making a decision or trying to say something uh, and encouraging their theory was how do you encourage people to uh, fail, make mistakes uh, and not feel guilty, not feel shameful in this learning experience. Uh, and that sort of has involved uh, where you have professor uh, at UCLA uh, and also in Harvard Business School, uh, Edmondson, she dived into it in 1999. She started to really dive into it to say, how can environments create where individuals can take interpersonal risks and that their workers around them, their coworkers around them can be a place where they can try new things. Uh, and so what's fascinating about this uh, is that you want to sort of understand that psychological safety isn't just how you feel, but it's also is the environments around you supporting you when you try these things. Because uh, yes. you might say if your environment isn't supporting you, you won't try new things, you won't say comments. And that's uh, specifically important. And we're going to talk more about it Jay, but this is important. We think about topics like diversity, inclusion, and equity, uh, just because these are topics that historically we haven't done well in, in all sectors, nonprofit, for-profit churches, uh, even when we think of like dialogue. Uh, and so one of the things that I think is fascinating, I just, I'm a study, I'm a data guy, uh, is Google did a, a study in about two and a half to three years ago. And they said, uh, for two years, they said, what impacts team's performance the highest. So what makes a team uh, have the highest, more performance uh, and do their tasks and complete things in a successful way? And they did all these things. And sometimes we assume that, oh, it's someone who acts like me, looks like me, or someone who I get along with. And that's not true. The end all be all was if there was psychological safety, uh, mm. if individuals could take risks, try new things. And so I say that just because we're living in a world now where uh, more organizations want to address injustice, diversity. They want to have conversations. They want to talk about inclusion, uh, intersectionalities, which means uh, how it affects women of color. But we don't create the environment to have these conversations uh, mm. and do it well. And so I just want to do that because when it comes to, Josh, uh, why this is important, let's talk about why this is essential when you think of diversity, uh, when you start to bring other ethnic and cultural groups, uh, mm. why we should process understanding and creating a culture of psychological safety. Yeah, well said. I mean, the, the beginnings of the sort of American paradigm of the last couple hundred years centered around maleness and white maleness. So even once you start to break out of that homogeneity, you start to encounter this need more fully. But, but when you're just um, cycling through leaders who are, who are white men building uh, cultures that center white men, the assimilation is, was the modality. And that still is the modality in a lot of, I think, American, both corporate, nonprofits, religious, all that stuff. It's like, how do you get a person to become part of the culture that exists? Yeah. And psychological safety, I think, actually is a way of transforming that culture to be able to honor, respect, and yep. change. Yeah. And as, as that, that culture changes, 
the, the people who are really going to help change that culture are going to be people who aren't part of that, that dominant cultural group anyway. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like harnessing, you hit on it, harnessing that innovation because mm. when you think of diversity, when you're thinking of like even saying, Hey, we want to be an organization or start to develop a team that uh, is more interactive, that brings different perspectives. That means people are going to take risks, make mistakes, share new ideas. And it's interesting how when we think of diversity, we see that when you don't have psychological safety, you start to put stress on minorities. So they have to speak up about topics that maybe they don't want to speak up. Maybe they feel uncomfortable addressing in a place. And when they speak up, it's not appreciated the same way. So right. we've seen a lot of organizations uh, say, hey, let's do a panel discussion or let's have people share the experiences of color, uh, especially maybe black individuals, African-American individuals the last two months. Uh, and some of these people have said like, hey, I really don't feel comfortable uh, because my supervisor's here uh, and I don't know how they're going to think of me or mm. one of my coworkers uh, might sort of say, does that really happen and attack me in unconscious ways? So we like to say, before we even have these conversations, just realize this is a, for minorities, especially stepping into cultures that are maybe not that predominantly white, uh, this is a hard thing to do to create real authentic organic psychological safety because most people don't feel comfortable with their minority because they're going to be belittled devalued uh, and that could just be through small microaggressions small comments that someone might say of did that really happen or maybe that's just your experience or hey i can't mm -hmm. believe that happened but what if this was what that person would? so it's almost those things that you have to just be aware of and it makes i would say minorities feel overwhelmed uh, frustrated mm. to go through this process. Josh, as your experience, I mean, before we hop into personally how, you, how you've experienced psychological safety, uh, I'm just curious because you have a, a background in nonprofit. Uh, you've also uh, have a background in running a faith-based church. Uh, would love as a, as a white Caucasian individual who had to navigate this, what are some things that you just learned about creating psychological safety uh, as a white person for other minorities that maybe are different than yourself? Well, two experiences come to mind. The first one was when I was still at, um, doing undergrad work at Drexel and I was part of the gospel choir. Yeah. So, so being part of a, of a group that was both sort of mission oriented, you know, we were playing music, we're, we're doing gigs, doing all that stuff. But it's also communal because we were. And you made friends. it to the choir, okay, hey, Josh? The choir. Oh, well, <laughs> truth be told, uh, I played electric guitar, so you know. I didn't hey, really, hey, uh, hey! You it still know. count, don't you? Yeah. Still was a part of the crew. That's right. I was that was I was within like the 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 crew within the crew, you know. Yeah. But you know, none of my sort of like default settings were centered, you know, because mm -hmm. it was it was a black group predominantly. It was black led, and yeah. that was pretty. That's gospel music, you know. Yeah. So, but when they, when I came in and they, uh, I was welcomed in by friends to like check it out and then join the band, et cetera. They knew that there was going to be things that I was going to experience for the first time. Yep. Um, and they carried, they, they carried me through it. You know, some of them would tease me a little bit sometimes because I, you know, did silly stuff. Like I remember uh, eating, the, trying to eat the ham hock out of the, out of the green the tray, you know, <laughs> stupid thing, but whatever, I mean, I like the swine. So I was mm -hmm. going at it, but the, but there was times where I was like, wow, I'm especially being cared for here because the people are aware that I don't, I don't understand the, the totality of the dynamics. And then the second thing I would think of is like pastor in, in the church when the, the pastor's team had a full-time woman pastor yeah. in that group. 
how that changes the group and uh, and needed to change and the, the dynamics of like, okay, how do we even be careful about levels of sarcasm? Mm. How do we be careful about uh, like um, some, you know, very simple things like rough teasing and those yeah. kinds of things, which sometimes dudes think is all right, even in um, work environments. But um, when the, 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 the presence of a woman leading at an executive level is a gift to be able to yeah. change that's that um that uh that microculture mm-hmm. because it even just was like this is the this is the presence we're not all the same anymore yeah. well, however you understand sameness it is not that so yeah. we have to you know embrace the differences and let the differences actually um be the the coolest thing yo that's that's perfect i love how you said that walk us back through my man said he was in the choir mm-hmm. uh uh exp- Share, uh, and I know this is one of the gifts of we're inviting people to hear some of our personal experiences and stories. Uh, you said how you experienced psychological safety, Jay, uh, being a part of, I mean, you're, you're white, you're white, and you walked into a black uh, space. Uh, and so how was that process? Because some people, most of the time, we assume that if you're different, you come into a space, maybe and you're going to get made fun of, but it sounds like you, they actually embrace you. They mm-hmm. let you try. I mean, you probably asked questions. You made mistakes. They might've maybe joked around, but you still came back. You still felt like it was safe to ask questions and, and yeah. to learn. Yeah. And some of the questions I, I knew I could ask because I had, I had relationships with people. Mm, yes. Um, you know, and I could ask, I didn't have to ask it like in the middle of a rehearsal to a hundred people and be like, you know, why is yeah. such and such. But like, you know, even talking to my friends and yeah. And when I did ask questions, like you're saying, they didn't belittle me. They didn't say, oh, you're so dumb. You know, yeah. they were like, okay, well, yeah. and it was, I was learning too. I was there. I was literally a student, but also student of the the musical tradition and stuff. That mm-hmm. was a little bit different than the, the music that I had um, played up to that point. So it was really um being embraced, known I was, I was valued. And I wasn't valued as like more special than the bass player or the, you know what I'm saying? The drummer. Yep. But, but I was, even my contribution though was, was part of the mix. And it was, they, one time I remember this was really funny, but when the, uh, Greg Ross was our director, who's just a a lovely man and a powerful man of God, but he, um, he would introduce the band sometimes and people would be going around Yep. And after a while, he didn't even say that I was on electric guitar. He would just call it lead or like lead guitar. And that made me feel personally just like, oh, my God, this dude loves me. You yeah. Know? He wants me to he wants me to succeed. He wants me to shine. And I, and I, and I needed I needed some help to be able to do that. And um, so- that's great. You're diving because we're, we're going to talk about we're going to give a few nuggets out of how to build and foster psychological safety in your team, because it sounds like there's some intentional things that uh have happened uh, to help you feel like you're valued and cared for uh, mm-hmm. and can try new things. Uh, for myself, when I think about psychological safety, it goes back to, uh, I mean, just grew up in the city most of my life. Uh, and I remember just when I had a chance to, to live on a Native American reservation indi- with indigenous mm-hmm. people, my mind was blown and I was in high school uh, at this time with the, the posture of how they welcomed me in, how they allowed me to to ask questions as a, as a young person. But what was also cool was they knew a lot about black African-American culture and traditions uh, more than I thought, and even more than myself. Mm. Uh, and that was something that I, I found so fascinating and knew it was like, okay, this is a, a, a different group, ethnic group that 
cares enough to educate themselves and to allow me to make mistakes. They like knew I was going to make mistakes. And a part of that was my age also was, I think that's also part of, in a lot of ways, Native American indigenous culture is to welcome people in once you have a relationship with them and allow them to ask questions. And so I, I sit because I know I tell a lot of people that story, not, uh, not to like boast, but more to say, I've experienced some of the most psychologically safe environments with groups of people that were intentional, that didn't look like me in a lot of ways too. Uh, especially being on the Native American reservation, going to powwows, asking questions, learning, uh, sitting there, respecting their traditions. Uh, and so I just think that's important for us leaders and individuals to know that we all want environments that we can go into, especially in working environments where we can ask questions, uh, take risks, try new things. And when we make mistakes, because we will make mistakes. And I'm going to say this now uh, as uh, individual who's been in this game, this diversity game mm-hmm. for almost 15 years of like in college get, and then moving on higher education. Now what we do, we do at Culture Enough uh, as a diversity consultant firm. We assume that coming into these conversations about race and justice and diversity, that you cannot make mistakes. And that's just not true. You have to, in a posture of, of making mistakes to learn and want to grow, you have to create spaces where you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. That just hasn't happened. You have to create spaces for white people to make mistakes and learn and people of color. And what we see is that we don't have that. Uh, and so we like to say, don't have these conversations if you don't have psychological safety and if you're not willing to allow people to make mistakes and walk alongside them. There's a difference between making mistakes, often wanting to learn and, and wanting to just be little people and just try to prove them wrong. I'm yes. saying if people want to say, I want to learn with you and they're in a relationship with them, that's a part of a relationship. Mm. That's a part of walking alongside anyone is to allow them to make mistakes because both of y'all are learning. And I think that's what I've learned, especially interacting with other ethnic groups uh, and cultural groups that have welcomed me in is that we've all made mistakes. And what's beautiful is we can laugh about them and learn through them because uh, we look back and we stayed at the table. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Jay, before uh, we sort of talk about, give them a few, th- few, three or four things about how to build and foster psychological safety around teams? Yeah, before we get to those little nuggets, I would just say perfectionism is not real helpful mm-hmm. in, in the culture of psychological safety. Perfectionism also leads itself towards denial because mm-hmm. if, you, if you want to um, project this perfection, like, oh, we're really nailing the multicultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that I, that I really see who I would say is sort of nailing it on the multicultural stuff. They're a really diverse organization, stably diverse. They have, you know, women, black indigenous people of color at every level of leadership and all that. If you ask them how they're doing, they'll be like, oh, yes. I mean, we're fighting all the time. Yes. We're, we're, we're cranking away, but, yeah. but we know that we can have a common mission and we mm-hmm. can have healthy conflict where people, yeah, aren't being, aren't being belittled or they don't also, I mean, just one thing I've, I've heard said many times is this retaliation that is going to come if, especially if you're a black indigenous person of color in a majority white space, what you say can be um, repeated many times, not in your presence. Yes. And, and, and hey, people, can we just stop? Ah, yeah, because ah, you dropped some, you dropped two good nuggets. We got to go back. We're whining. Okay. We're going to rewind back. Josh, first she said we got to celebrate because that's one of the things we, 
when we've seen people who have diversity, even for our kids, we have good diversity, but we never have the posture of like, we perfected it. Like we're always right. like, how can we get better? How can we learn from each other? How can, and that's one of the things that people don't talk about so much is that thing in itself. Uh, mm. When you have diversity, you realize just saying you have it isn't a perfection because you always want to grow. You always want to get better. And so some of the best things we've seen that live this out in their organizations are always saying, yeah, we're, we're making strides. They're never saying, yeah, we're good. We're done. Mm. It's not like it's a check the box. We're done. Let's forget it. It's like, no, we're working towards it. And then the second thing you said that was just like, so fascinating in the process was, uh, oh man, it blinked my head. It was fear a of retaliation. Fear of retaliation. That is real. Okay. Yes, that is real. So here's what happens. Typically organizational leaders, they say, Hey, whatever you share, you uh, just know it's safe. It's a safe environment. That's actually historically not true. Especially when you start to address topics that the organization has never addressed. So staff, especially if you're a woman of color uh, or a minority in an organization, when a leader says that, my first response is, I still don't feel safe saying it. And, and I've seen people bring retaliate when I've said a comment because now when I'm sharing with the organization how they can get better, but they feel like I'm attacking them personally mm -hmm. and it's not about them. So I do think you're right. We have to, as leaders, and if you have a team, you have to create more of a culture of that before you say it the first time. So you can say, it's not appropriate to say this statement like this. Hey, I want everyone to share how they're feeling about what's happening around race and blah, blah, and injustice and how we can get better. This is a safe conversation and there won't be any punishment. And that's the first time you're saying it. And you should probably say, uh, let me have the action maybe for a few months, then come into this conversation because maybe they've experienced retaliation or punishment or belittlement outside of these conversations and they don't feel like, hey, actually I can do that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a similar thing in the United States right now where people are passing around this meme that says, you know, white supremacy is so um, baked into the United States that people start criticizing racism mm -hmm. and other people get defensive and feel like they're criticizing the United States. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's the same thing, like if you get into an organization and uh, like you're saying, you make a, a black man makes a comment about race at a mostly white thing, and people are just like, "What?" Yeah. But it's kind of like, dude, what do you what you think? What you <laughs> yeah. what you think? That I mean, are you listening? What you what, look at yourself? You know, pay pay attention to this person. So there has to be this attachment. That's what we like to say to to even say you're going to embrace these types of conversations, you have to be mostly competent and intelligent to be all right with people saying uncomfortable things and know that they're not attacking you and don't put yourself into it. And I think sometimes as leaders, we sometimes put ourselves so much into it where it's not about you as a leader. It's about this saying, how can the organization get better? Uh, so let's give them some of these nuggets. Uh, yes. uh, how to build and foster psychological safety as a team. Here's what we would say. I wouldn't, we're giving you these nuggets not to say, now go do it because you are equipped to do it. Uh, we've gotten training. I mean, we do this in our assessments. Uh, we do psychological safety on how to build it uh, around diversity in organizations. But here's just some things to be thinking about when you're maybe talking or building a psychological safety so individuals take risks, try new things without being belittled or devalued, uh, especially around diversity. One of the things is demonstrating engagement. So here's what's important about that, uh, especially on Zoom calls, uh, in this day and age where maybe some people are staying at home or in work. Uh, how do you demonstrate engagement, uh, Josh? I'll share one. Maybe you can share another one. A small okay. thing is to maybe uh, 
do something that uh, be verbal, show your verbal engagement, say, oh, that makes sense. Give a like a hand clap on an emoji. Mm. I mean, we've been doing it through this process. Like you just did it. Mm. A little talk back, a little yeah. talk back. A little talk back. Even <laughs> I know some people might be uncomfortable with that, but it's okay. Uh, say even, I would love to hear more about what you just said. Like those are small things, but that demonstrate that you engage your focus, especially if a minority or someone says a topic that they're taking a risk and they're trying to figure out if they're going to be embraced or mm. accepted. It would be great to say, mm, that's a good way. I've never even thought about it. That's so great. I would love to hear more about that. What's another way they can demonstrate engagement? To ask questions with the intention of learning from your teammates. Mm. So don't, don't take a posture of like, you're, you're the expert, you know everything. Yeah. Um, or even if an expert did know everything, but like understand that as you're asking these questions, really listen, really, yeah. um, and, and call it out ask like you're saying even ask for more yes that's so dope the next one uh that we like to call uh we like to share the mic uh mm -hmm. just go with this i think there's a there's a difference uh from what you've seen especially uh like as a person of color coming to places uh when it comes to psychological safety and then you've seen like as a white individual uh how that is. so what does that look like from your experience sharing the mic and then i'm gonna come from sort of i don't we, we don't represent all white people and all people of color but right. we're just saying what we've seen enough since we do this and we're experts yeah well um when you're in a conversation or in a meeting just be mindful of how much space you're taking up mm. you don't need to clock it all the time but <laughs> it's real easy especially if you have say two people on a team of six are like close friends. Mm -hmm. They're both extroverted chatty people. Yeah. They could, they could take out all the air in the room. Yeah. And it's, and um, if, and there's other, you know, little, if they're men, you know, there's, there's other factors that make it more likely, but it's so easy to just take and then be like, Oh, we're all out of time here. You know, sorry, I guess we'll mm -hmm. hear from the women and people of color later. Because yeah. We, uh, you know, we held the mic too long. You know, so, you know, valuing different people's ways of contributing and um, being open to them, but also even just time-wise, being mindful that you got to make time for other people. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, I'm going to share this uh, quick one of just as a person, small things of valuing people's differences and what they contribute. Uh, I've been on a lot of teams, seen a lot of teams. It's some of the best things I've seen leaders do is to ask a question, but not be the first one to respond or not to to have people say, well, what do you think? If you're the leader, you have the power position. Uh, so I've seen some of the best leaders, especially uh, leaders who value diversity, inclusion, equity, really point and say, okay, we've heard a lot of people who typically talk. Let's hear another good perspective in the mm. room and ask maybe a person of color or a woman how they've seen it or they're experiencing something so it can educate everyone. So that's just like one of the things I'm like, mm. man, as a leader, those are small things we can do to share the mic. Uh, yeah. And no, also maybe some people don't, like you said, won't talk out loud, but how do you create space so they can share the mic with you? Maybe one-on-one -on -one or someone in a group that they trust. Yeah. Uh, that they, might be, they might be introverted. You know, they might be, they might not know everybody personally. They might not trust them. So yeah. So there's a lot of those, those factors. Yes. So we just said, we said demonstrate engagement, share the mic. Yeah. The, the third thing would be be inclusive in interpersonal settings. Yes. So like being able to share about how you sort of work, how you flow, your work style preferences, and encouraging your teammates to, to share theirs too. Mm -hmm. That's so good, that is so good. Uh, and then also approaching this concept of feedback, 
Feedback is a leader in a group. You have to understand if you built the trust with your team to receive feedback. And when you receive feedback, your response, our responses can't be defensive. It has to be, thank you. That's an interesting perspective or a good perspective. And you have to sort of process it. Most of when we get feedback, we're quick to response, like you mentioned, or like pushback. Mm. Uh, and when you do that, people say, well, there you go. I don't share because when I've shared two times. Rip my head off. Yep, I got my hair ripped off. I didn't feel safe. Uh, so those are one of the things where we have to know our body language. Uh, and then the one step into team members, uh, we got to step into, uh, when we talk about creating inclusive environments as a leader, you have to call people out when you see uh, environments that are, that are not inclusive at all. Mm. Uh, that are demeaning and, and you see it in front of you. It's hard to do as a leader because I know we don't want to call people out, but here's a small tip. When someone's cutting off, like I've seen people say a woman's talking or a person called talking and then someone cuts them off or they say, yeah, that really doesn't happen. A small thing to do is say, hey, excuse me, mm. uh, she was talking and he was talking. Uh, and also we just had an opportunity to hear a vulnerable moment and someone share and we want to create a culture where everyone's talking uh even if we might not agree or see their perspective that's still a great perspective to have and so those are small things i think leaders we don't do uh mm. and that's how belittling happens microaggressions happens is that they're unconscious they're un, un, unaware they're un like they're not in like assertive they're not direct they're sort of like hidden and they come through small topics like that uh, yeah and then one I, that, go ahead jay well i was just going to to maybe strengthen your point a little bit because the people in organizations tend to have a tendency towards protecting the leader. Yeah. And I think sometimes they can feel even like betraying a leader if they're sort of trying to, to make some space there. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I think when you build a culture that's psychologically safe, that's not as much of a tension because the, the leader is not, I mean, we've seen uh, executive leaders in the companies that we work with yeah. who actually don't get defensive at all. When somebody says, actually, hold up, buddy, you got to listen for a second. And they say, yeah. oh, okay. Because yeah. they know that that's not their their natural inclination. So yeah. Yeah. And that's what, oh man, I know, I know we don't have enough time, uh, but that's one of the beauties of when you know you need help it's all right if you're not an expert, but you're saying that's why we're bringing you in. Trusting the people that you bring in, if it's culture enough or other consultants uh, that you trust and that you know are gonna care for you while you're working through some of these things. Because if the goal is that no one wants to feel like they're shameful. Uh, so mm -hmm. a leader doesn't wanna feel like, oh, they're not perfect, but that's why you need someone to trust. Uh, the two things that we'll run through quick uh, is just speaking human to human. And here's what I mean by that. We assume sometimes uh, when we step into environments of like, would this person wanna be treated this way? Would I want to be treated this way? Uh, do I feel like this is respecting the individual? Uh, and so that's why I say speaking human to human, sometimes we get, like you mentioned before at the beginning, Josh, mm. we take these terms and we make them so complex, yeah. so like hard. And I'm like, it's not that hard. Speak human to human. Ask yourself some questions. Step back and say, could I care for this person better? Who isn't speaking up? How do I mm. uh, value all voices in my group? so that I can hear them and care for them well. Uh, yes. And then the last thing, like you talked about, is celebrating. Celebration. Uh, celeb you gotta, hey, let's be honest, you in the choir, uh, a big part, especially if you're maybe a group that's d desiring uh, psychological safety around diversity, you have to celebrate not just uh, the biggest moments of, but you gotta celebrate the small moments of, hey, yeah. we took a risk, 
it worked out or we made some mistakes, but we learned through them. Like celebration has to be a part of your culture when you're talking about psychological safety, because that's going to bring people who want to be innovative and bring diverse perspectives. Yeah. And so even the verbally expressing gratitude for the way people con uh, contributed. So whether, whether or not that felt always like a, a meeting that went well because there was conflict or people were, if, if people are having conflict and are actually are feeling safe enough to disagree, you could work out the conflict, but be able to even just say, hey, that's beautiful. Thank you for, for uh, you know, adding, speaking from your heart. Thank yeah. you for adding that. It's, yeah. It's Woo, Jay, we just gave him a lot of fire right there. That's, that's, that, <laughs> that's a lot. Pretty much, like you said, uh, we just wanted to give you some nuggets, uh, address a topic that many people have reached out to us and we've done trainings for. Uh, once again, Coaching Up, we're a diversity consultant firm. Uh, and we would say that's a part of what we do in our diversity audit is that we – and one of our elements is we evaluate psychological safety uh, and we also do training. So once again, if you're diving into these conversations, if you're an organization that wants to even start to address topics that historically maybe you haven't addressed or haven't done them well, uh, reach out to us. Uh, mm -hmm. Coach enough, we would love to help you walk through this and navigate it. Uh, now, sort of, we're going to enjoy the rest of our day. Thanks for tuning in to the Coach Enough podcast uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. This is a reminder that the information is for general purposes. If you would like a custom assessment for your organization, go to coachenough.com. Thank you for listening to the Coach Enough podcast. Just remember, just knowing isn't enough.